0: S.C.C. The crew discuss the four types of people in the hobby and focus on the difference between collectors and flippers. Then they give their reaction to last weekend's Dallas Card Show. Coming up now on SCC. Welcome to episode 14 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris, here with Josh from Cardboard Chronicles, Christina, Christina's PC, Nick, Stiff Arm Wax. People in the hobby put a lot of stock into how they label themselves, There's four pretty common categories that people use. Collector, dealer, flipper, and investor. Now, there's overlap among these four types. Some people might describe themselves as being uh, several of these. Other people might say they're only one. Now, without defining these terms, let me pause right away and ask (laughs) everyone... Which of these terms describe you? And I'm going to go to Christina first. So you have four options here. Collector, dealer, flipper, investor. Do one or more of those apply to you? Collector, dealer, flipper, investor. Yes. And which ones are they?
1: <laughs> um, I would definitely say I'm a collector, but I think everyone's an investor now. So ah. I'm going to say both.
0: Okay. So you're a collector and investor, but not really dealer or flipper no no okay josh same question to you collector dealer flipper investor
2: uh definitely collector as well i also got into it uh with the mindset of being an investor i know it's been sort of sprung on all of us but i definitely had that from the get-go so those two for sure
0: nick same question to you collector dealer flipper and or investor
2: oh well uh i would say i'm a collector and a
0: flipper Ooh. all right and i i only want collector i don't want any other that's the so I take only collector, all right, now, in my view, <laughs> you literally no, told it? us that we had to pick two. Oh did I? Yeah, if I have to pick two, then I'm also an investor. But are we picking what we want or what we are? You whatever just you want to be a whatever you want to be you get to define yourself:
1: can we define each other? <laughs> no be no no,
0: no, that is not happening, all <laughs> yeah. right. (laughs) christina already has buyer's remorse all right in my view there isn't much representation of the collector point of view on social media there's some but the collector's point of view is a very valuable one and perhaps it is kept secret for good reason josh talk to me a little bit about the distribution of viewpoints and hobby content what message do you think is conveyed by hobby content why do you think things play out this way
2: I think the message that's most strongly conveyed or at least the attempt to convey is that you can make money in this hobby. I think that's just kind of like the overwhelming theme in a lot of the content that we see and I I don't think that's too shocking like in general if you're making content a lot of it is either about like you know is this going to make me healthy happy is it going to help me make money Um, and I think the collector aspect still can can really make good content but the you know the flipper content right now is definitely the strongest in terms of its uh, weight on the on the in the community, and that's mostly because it's like flashier. You're making money, you're making deals quickly, you're doing, you have a lot of action going on. Whereas the collector's a little bit more reserved, a little bit slower paced, you know. But yeah, I guess just it's just how it goes right now.
0: But in fairness, um, a people can and have made a ton of money on sports cards, and b. Um, you know that that content is captivating. Are are those fair statements?
2: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of great storytelling in the collectors' uh, world, especially like you know, I would say like years after maybe they've already built something up. It's hard. It's harder to tell that story as you go because it's like a, like I said, it's a little bit like slower and you're you're kind of thinking about it more long term in general. Uh, but the the storytelling after the fact, I think, is much more interesting.
0: Christina. When you are on social media, what type of content, hobby content, do you see? What do you think about it? Uh,
1: <laughs> I see a lot of card ladder. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's because you are the, the brains behind that social media communications uh, department.
1: Um, no. When I'm on social media, when I'm on my personal social media, I see a lot of content um, I think I follow a lot of different people than you guys do because yeah. I see a lot of collectors I see sure. a lot of people posting like new pickups that they've just got mail days, cards that like you might not think about when you're thinking about flipping and investing Sure. Um, I do see a lot of prospects though that's a that's a thing I see a lot
0: fair, okay, well rounded we, we do have a well rounded uh, content community and you can curate it uh, clearly, to, to suit your tastes. All right, so let's get to the heart of the matter today. And bear with me as I set up the topic. For today, I want to focus on just two of the types, collector and, an, and flipper. Collector and flipper.
1: So you want to focus on Nick? <laughs> yes.
0: Nick, Nick's the sole <laughs> flipper here. We could go into depth about what each of these titles means, but let's not do it. Let's just keep it simple. I think Sasha T has given a concise way of distinguishing collector from flipper. The difference between a collector and a flipper is how long they intend to hold the card. So let's flesh out that definition a little bit. On the one extreme, a hardcore collector is somebody who intends to hold a card for life. And at the other end of the extreme spectrum, a hardcore flipper might only possess a card for a few moments. They will acquire it strictly for the purpose of reselling it for a profit quickly. Now, financial gain is hardly the only way to measure hobby success. I would argue that the best metric is fun. How much are you enjoying your hobby experience and both collectors and flippers have plenty of fun. But financial success certainly can be a fun part of the hobby and it is easily measured. So let's do a comparison. Who does a better job financially in the hobby? Collectors or flippers? And let's bear in mind our definition. Collectors hold for the long term, flippers buy and sell frequently. So before we can get there let me say one more thing. Oftentimes, the cards that collectors and flippers target are the same. So, for example, the 86 Fleer 57 Jordan is surely possessed by both collectors and flippers. So, let's not get bogged down, oh, this is a collector card, this is a flipper card, even though there certainly are some cards that could be classified that way. Instead, let's just look at the card letter index. It contains 50 cards similar to and including the 86 Fleer Jordan, iconic cards that are both collected and flipped. Okay, so let's do a thought experiment. Suppose that two years ago, you had $100,000 dollars to invest in cards had you simply bought the cards in the card letter index and then you did nothing else didn't even raise an eyebrow related to the hobby after that you would now have a collection value of seven hundred and four thousand dollars. the index has grown by 7.04 x during the last two years let's break that down a little bit more bear in mind this is all pre-tax and this is on the assumption that the collection could be liquidated at its current market value by sending those items to auction. Now, the cards in the CL50 are frequently transacted, so that is not an unreasonable assumption. So over the last two years, this hypothetical collector would have earned $604,000 in profits, $302,000 a year. It could have also, it could also be thought of as $29,000 in profit per month. $29,000 per month. Now I think the monthly figure is a good one for our comparison. So to match the passive gains that the collector realized, the flipper would need to take seed money of $100,000, same as the collector had, and then in one month turn it into 129,000 after fees and other transaction costs are taken into account. Then they would need to take the 129 and turn it into 158 by the end of month two and continue adding 29,000 of profit each month in order to match the collector at the end of the two year period. Now, of course, that process gets easier as time goes on because it is much harder to turn 100,000 into 130,000 than it is to turn 670,000 into 700,000. Okay, let me now open the floor to discussion. Josh, I'm going to ask you to defend both points of view on this topic both but first please speak to some of the advantages that the flipper has versus the collector from the financial point of view.
2: Um, the flipper has a advantage in terms of the ability to kind of like carve out their own path like you said that they would have to make about 29 grand per month to match you know, they're not going to hit exactly 29, but they could sort of like fluctuate based on timings of the year, or they can, they can go really hard one month and, and dedicate a lot of time and then sort of ease it back the next month if they're doing well or, or whatever. Um, the collector just sort of like in your scenario, just sort of sits back and just like passively waits. I would say that like the, the average person is going to lose to the collector in that scenario, but someone that has a lot of like knowledge in the hobby has been around for a long time they understand the game and they're very skilled they can beat that for sure they can definitely you know beat the collector in that scenario uh you know, like when you hear someone say like oh just invest your money in the s p 500 and and don't like be active in the market don't try to time it just kind of put your head down put the money in that's how i feel like the collector is in this scenario and then the person who actually is like the wall street guy who knows how this market works he's very involved He's not going to want to take that route. He's going to want to get in there and try to beat those averages. Um, and so I guess it just depends on your personality in this case.
0: Yeah, that's a very even-handed and fair approach. And there are certain ways uh, that flippers can really uh, exploit margins if, if we step back and we don't look at it like month to month. But like if, a, if, if somebody gave you $100,000 and you said, I'm going to go on eBay – buy as many raw cards as I can, <laughs> right? What are you laughing about?
1: I uh, just... Yeah, that's not what I would do. But yeah, continue.
0: Well, you could go on eBay, buy as many raw cards as you can, set aside the grading fee, use your grading knowledge. I mean, so I don't know, you spend 75 grand on raw cards, turn all those into PSA 9s and 10s, you could turn around that 100 grand pretty quickly. Is that fair? Uh, not quickly, but substantially. You could you could make some margins Yeah, there.
1: if you wait, like... eight months (laughs) for the grades to come back
0: true okay all right now josh and that's not exactly flipping that's something a little bit different that's like grading and flipping so we don't want to get too complicated here all right now josh what about from the collector's point of view you kind of gave the collector's point of view earlier is there anything else you want to say from the collector's side of this financial topic
2: well the collector sounds like he has a stress-free life he just sort of sits back and collects his 300k a year salary (laughs) just sort of sitting i mean it's it's we're kind of playing with funny money with just how crazy the market's been in the last two years i would say that um neither scenario is really repeatable every year it's you're not just going to like make 29 grand a month flipping cards you're not going to make 600 grand in two years just being a collector so you have you kind of have to like step back and take the averages of maybe the last like 20 years and figure out what the reality is and you know we we may see some dips in the next few years just based on how how insane it's been in the last couple of years, but I would say the collector has a much uh, a lot less stress in their life if if that's the way that it's going to go.
0: Good point. Uh, every card in the card letter index, all fifty, could have been purchased two years ago. You could have bought every card in the exact grades that are contained in the CL50 for less than one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. And that index now is worth over a million. I think well over. So you you could have done... Just literally, that's all you had to have done was just bought these 50 cards and then just sit back, uh, live that collector lifestyle. All right, Christina, what do you think of this collector versus flipper financial debate? Is this just silly? What is this?
1: I mean, how you enjoy the hobby to me is like a personal preference. But I think that collectors just sitting on their hundred grand of cards isn't realistic in itself because as a collector you're always chasing something so you see a card go up in value over a year and you're thinking can i upgrade like is it time to level up like so i think this this idea that you have of this like co- like this collector just sits back for two years <laughs> no. is not realistic true
0: and so I, I think that's why it's very important i like the definition collector versus flipper is just how long you hold it for because that provides a continuum so you have one person who just buys something and never gets rid of it ever Very extreme. You have somebody who just buys a card and sells it the next second. Very, but everybody is going to land somewhere in the middle. Maybe some people hold cards for a year and then they look to upgrade. Is that a collector or a flipper? I don't know. It's somewhere
2: on the continuum. I don't know. I think this is maybe why Sasha said it the way he did because the thought maybe is that flippers or that, yeah, that collectors like never sell and that flippers don't like cards. Those would be the two extreme. Things that people don't want to be portrayed as, like as a collector, I do still sell cards because, like Christina said, I want to upgrade. And a flipper likes cards; they would, you know, like a lot. I think that's kind of what Sasha was trying to say, and I, I really appreciate that sort of thought. That's you're trying to redefine what it is just to get the point across that you do actually like the cards. You're not just flipping to make money; you like the process of it, and you just happen to like sell it sooner than a collector would.
0: Excellent point. Let me get your final thoughts on the collector versus flipper topic, Josh. Can we learn anything from it? Can we move the ball forward at all on this discussion?
2: Yeah, my final thought on this—I thought about this leading up a lot. I think it's a, a, a self-realization of what your personality is. Like, figure out: do you uh, do you align yourself more personality-wise with a collector where you're sort of more slow-paced? You kind of like to do things on your own. You're not really like as involved in. You know the day-to-day uh, buying and selling of cards, and communicating all the time, and trying to make that next thing. Or are you a the personality type that that is into that, and you like to be a part of the action, and you you like you're very uh, you're very um, outgoing, and you like to speak in the community a lot. You kind of have to figure out you know which of those two uh, is better for your personality, because as we've pointed out, both can be extremely successful. It's just like which do you prefer, which is more fun. Going back to your initial point of. Let's figure out which is the most fun for you and not just necessarily uh, try to figure out which one is like the better financial path.
0: That is a next-level take right there, folks. All right, coming up next on Sports Cards Culture, reactions to the Dallas Card Show.
1: Imagine everything you love about the hobby in the palm of your hand. An entire store at your fingertips. Everything you need to know
0: about cards is within your grasp. Unlock the secrets of the hobby. Plus, so much more. You don't have to imagine anymore. It's here. Card Ladder. Get the app today. watching scc sports cards culture keep up with the crew and follow them on all the socials plus join josh and chris and sometimes special guest christina every friday night on instagram live the crossover as we're all well aware last weekend the dallas card show took place none of us were at the show unfortunately but we've seen and heard a lot about it i ran two polls on my instagram story and i'll use them as conversation starters the first poll was this did the Dallas Card Show meet expectations? Parentheses, please answer even if you if you were at the event or if you're just observing it through social media or if you're just hearing about it secondhand. No matter what, please answer. So, did the Dallas Card Show meet expectations? 76% said yes, 24% said no. Christina, yes. would you say the Dallas Card Show met expectations?
1: I believe I did vote, and then I did message you from that poll, and I said, exceeded.
0: Exceeded? Do you yes. care to elaborate on that at
1: all? Um, I think that <laughs> it did not meet my health uh, expectations, but <laughs> because I saw a lot of unmasked individuals. Hopefully, they <laughs> all have vaccines. But... Um, I think that the amount of people that i saw the fun that i saw having the like podcasts the live show uh, from card talk uh um, the like clubhouse conversations that were happening like everything that i heard <laughs> just it was like everyone was talking about it if they weren't there and if they were there they were just like rubbing all of our faces in it
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay all right josh from your point of view did it seem like the dallas card show met expectations
2: yeah i would just echo what christina said and sum it up into one word like energy i guess like the energy felt really strong in terms of like the future of the hobby the fun everyone's having uh it seemed like people were kind of sticking with it and enjoying themselves i would say though you probably asked the question because the some of the chatter we heard was that like stuff wasn't moving. People weren't selling stuff. And that's probably just because like the prices have gotten so high and people's expectations of what they can sell things for based on what they see on golden auctions or, or whatever is that like everything's going to be a hundred thousand dollars every card, (laughs) no matter who it is, what it is, is is a 10 K card. And that's just not the reality. Once you get on the floor, like people aren't just going to start spending $10,000 on every single thing. And I, maybe like, maybe that was sort of like the only negative that could be pulled from it.
0: Fair point. A new phenomenon emerged during the Dallas card show. Speaking of cash on the floor, suddenly there were pictures of cards and cash plastered all over social media. The pictures purport to represent a deal that took place. Someone supplied the cash, and someone uh, and they got the card in exchange. Okay, so I ran another poll, and here's what it asked: Are you pleased to see card cash pictures from sports card shows? Becoming a new trend on social media. Are you pleased? Yes, set was 31% and no was sixty-nine percent another landslide outcome. Josh, are you surprised that two out of three people in this poll said that they are not pleased with this new trend of card and cash photos? I'm
2: I'm I'm ashamed of those thirty-one like, percent. How could you be? How could you think this is a good thing? Like, I understand that, like, maybe it's a little bit fun, but it doesn't seem very fun in in nature. It feels more like, uh, look at me and like flexing kind of stuff, and it's pretty gross. Like, I, we were talking about like this collector flipper, and you can maybe like bucket people based on their personality traits that like one likes to flex more than the other. But I would like to think that a lot of flippers out there have a lot of humility and a lot of like self-respect to not like try to just flaunt everything they do and, and still like you can still flip in a humble way and like go about it the right way and i, I just don't like the whole cash especially when it's like a silly like thousand dollar card and you have so many 20s that it looks like a lot of money but it's still only a thousand dollars like it's not that much money it's just it just looks like a lot because it's a physical cash like my Someone's paypal got some paypal transaction could be a million dollars and it's you can't tell because it's just digital right like it doesn't actually equate to the value
0: i just want to see a table full of pennies <laughs> with a lamello ball raw hoops rookie card next to it that would be incredible Are, Wait, oh, christina yeah i have a question for you i'm sure you do will you be posting pictures soon of cards and cash to your instagram account uh,
1: it's already been posted <laughs> no no i will not i am not amused by this guys (laughs) i don't know what you think you're doing but i'm not amused like i was more amused by uh, a friend of ours sending us a picture of one dollar bills and a car like a graded card and being like am i doing this right because i (laughs) i'm just like are you serious like this is what it's come to like oh look at me look how much money i have like I don't care, guys. I want to see your cards. I don't want to see cash. <laughs> you can see cash at, like, the dollar store. Like...
0: Ooh, interesting. Now, are we beyond the point of no return? Because it usually seems like once a no. community or a culture gets no. to that point, how do we can we raise the bar again somehow?
2: Yeah, no, we have a great self-policing community. So much so that when I saw those posts, I started going to the accounts that I know are going to start dumping on those people. And, like... <laughs> I'm going straight to the meme. What does he think about this? And there was like, like Christina, there was like four or five accounts that were posting like jokes against that immediately. It was like a very quick reaction to say like, no, this isn't okay. And here's why I think so. Here's my, you know, post making fun of you. So I I think we can self police our way out of this one.
0: All right. Final questions, Christina. And then Josh, Christina, give us some final thoughts on the Dallas card show. What will its impact be on the hobby going forward?
1: I think that a lot of us who uh, didn't get to go got really hyped for National Mm. uh, because of the show. Including us. Including us.
0: (laughs) Who booked our National accommodations and travel plans after we made our episode last week. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: Like literally like right after. I think that the energy like josh was talking about was so high that it like had a ripple effect through the online community even the ones who aren't there and everyone just got more excited to be in person again with their friends and fellow collectors investors flippers dealers whatever you want to call yourselves um and the thought of being with the community in person at the national just like it like blew your mind because you were just like i can't wait like july is too far let's go
0: josh same to you final thoughts on the dallas card show and related things
2: yeah i think it's great for the hobby honestly i think it's i think it's really important and i was thinking about it today and like you know there's this there's this thought that when we get back to normalcy in society like that cards are gonna dip uh i was thinking about that like we have all these different collectibles that sort of sprouted up during the pandemic and you know we've got crypto and like nfts and the only one that well i guess there's a couple but like the one of the main ones where people are like dying to get back in person is sports card shows so like we're all chomping at the bit to kind of get back out there and like meet people and talk and you can only you can do that really really well with sports cards and i don't see that same sort of uh ability with like nfts you're basically it's just like all online so like I feel like we're going to keep this wave going a little bit here and i don't think that the the you know the uh return to normalcy is going to cause too much of a ripple in terms of you know the hobby going down just because of that desire to stay in the hobby and like go out into the community and this and the shows really uh these sports card shows really display that for me and and like you said the uh the desire to go to the National is going to be, dude, this National is going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely insane. You know, there's so much buildup. People have been dying to go. And there's a lot, like Chris, you were, you and I were talking this this morning that like a lot of people weren't ready to go to these Dallas shows yet. Some of the more like less risky people in the hobby. I think the National is going to be the one where, you know, everyone starts to really go I think because the vaccine's coming out and it should be good timing for that.
0: Agree. I've, I was picturing what like an NFT show would look like. It yeah, would look I've like the inside mind. of like an Apple store maybe. Just a bunch <laughs> of tables and computers set up and we would go from one to the next. Ooh, nice NFT you have there. Alright.
1: Or it's all holographic. Like you're not actually there, you're just a hologram projected oh. in.
0: Because
1: like why leave your couch for an NFT show?
0: On that note, that will conclude Sports Card Culture episode 14. See you guys next week. Nick just punched his mic. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC Sports, Cards, Culture.